Welcome to episode 67 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, some more Superman and Batman this week. Yeah, can you up it just a little bit? You're real down today. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting it's, off. It's been a long weekend. I, a, I understand. It's been a very long weekend. Um, yes. There we bring go. Bring up some energy. Um, what do you think of our episodes this week? I liked them. The first one was fine. Yeah. Uh, as as most Superman episodes are. Uh, but the bat. I love this Batman episode. It's a really good one. Yeah. I've always it, loved. It Scarecrow. has a lot of questions that I want to bring up to you. Ooh. Yeah. I like questions. Mm-hmm. All right. But first, what's what's happened in the world of news? Um, it's a good question. You said you. <laughs> <laughs> you said you had. I'm news. keeping up a character, Chris. <laughs> Uh, I have two. I have two uh, kind of pieces of news. The first only one only kind of pieces of news. I mean, the first one's kind of news. Okay. Um, I don't know if you saw, but the Black Panther pre-sales. Oh yeah, I did uh, see it this. Is the uh, the largest pre-sale of any Marvel movie to date. Super excited. Which is awesome. Yeah, we just have a couple more weeks until that. We should get tickets. Probably should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I didn't think about that. Right. Yeah, I had one of, my, ahead. one of my coworkers sent me the article that said like how many tickets had already been sold. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't have any yet. Yeah, we should. Oh, we should get on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shit, we should get on that. That's yeah, fine. Um, the other news, uh, which I'm sure you saw and are also as excited as I am, is we're getting a Teen Titans Go movie. I already knew about that, though. Oh, we got the trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a fun trailer, though. It was. They're all dressed up as Wonder Woman. Yeah, that was Ro- really fun. Robin's annoyed. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I've never watched Teen Titans Go, so I don't know enough about it to know if I should be excited or not. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's self-aware and self-referential, which could be kind of fun. There was. Did I ever send you the clip of when they became too self-aware? And oh no, I don't think so. Uh, they were. It was like a five-minute clip from from some episode. I've only seen snippets of, okay. of the show. But they're fighting Control Freak, the guy who who like puts them in in TVs and video games and stuff. Uh, and he's like, "You're in a show right now that I'm controlling. You're being watched. And if you don't do what I say, I'm gonna get you canceled. Like I got you canceled before. Oh my god! And like, what are you talking about? And they show a montage of the original Teen Titans series. What? Yeah. And like, and then it cuts to the new characters, and they're like. We used to be so cool. You got rid of that? <laughs> like I did and some executives. And I'm like, oh, they, they're getting too self-aware. Oh, my God. That's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I should watch that clip. I think you did send me the clip of all the Robins. Yeah, the Robins are great. The Robins, that was pretty good. I feel like there's got to be, it looks like it's kind of a fun show. So maybe mm-hmm. I should check it out at some point. I mean, I'll, I'll most likely see the movie. Yeah. Just because it's Teen Titans. It's Teen Titans. We should probably go see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I ever actually finished the original show. Uh, well, you you might feel that way because they started a season with one episode and then ended the season. Well, that's shit right there. It that's... it's it still burns, Chris. Oh, yeah, because still we, burns we a talked lot. about this. Didn't, like, like, didn't they tease They return? brought back Tara, there, Chris. And there it goes. They yeah. brought back Tara and they dangled her in front of my face. And as I reached out... They didn't just rip her away. They slapped me in the face, and they backhanded me with a new villain, with, which is super cool. And they said, nope. Oh, and then Slade comes back, which is just like a nice little uppercut and a middle finger. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, you want to see more of this? Well, too bad, because we're not making any more. Oh, my God. Here's a movie that has nothing to do with the story. They go to Tokyo and fight a comic book artist. Enjoy it. It's a good movie, but it doesn't fill the hole. <laughs> I love that even... Even as you're complaining about how terrible all their decisions were, you're still approving the things they did. Like, it was awful. But they, oh, but this was good, though. But it was still fine. And if they just would have ended it on the last episode of Titans Together, uh, the the last episode of season five, when it's the full force, they're all fighting uh, the uh, the Brotherhood of Evil. Mm -hmm. That's such a good ending. Well, why don't you just, like, pretend that's the ending? Because I've already seen the episode, Chris. What? I can't unsee it. I don't have the mind device that I've been pitching since since the last Jedi podcast. Just where I can just erase that from my mind. Just just do what I do sometimes and just decide where a show ends. Kind of like how in my mind, Californication ended at the end of season four, which is a perfect ending. Do you know I like that show? By the way, I've ever mentioned that to <laughs> you. I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I like to pretend that just it ended at season four. And are season... there three more seasons though? Yeah. 
And yeah. those are all fine, but like season four is a perfect ending. So in my mind, it just kind of ends there. Yeah. It's good. I, but it's not a cliffhanger with three well, things. It's not a cliffhanger per se, but it like. It, you it, didn't it had, care it for David Duchovny like I cared for Tara. I don't know if that's true, actually. <laughs> I, <laughs> I modeled more of myself than I should have off of that character, <laughs> which is probably for the worst. Maybe the main reasoning behind most of my wardrobe. Um, <laughs> I'm literally wearing a black v-neck right now. It's all right. It's the only thing I wear. Um, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry Teen Titans scarred you as such. Maybe we can go and watch Teen Titans Go the Movie. Or no, Go to the Movies? No, it's Go the Movie. Okay, I thought there was some weird clever play on words in the title. Yeah, I thought they would too, but they didn't. Okay, whatever then. Well, maybe we'll go see that, and then it'll bring warm <laughs> feelings back. Yogi, calm down, buddy. Um, all right. Uh, but those are my news. What okay. news do you have? Um, Probably more important news. I did see that uh, Bruce Tim has said that he wants to do Red Sun as one of the next DC uh, animated films. So it wasn't a confirmation that this is what they're going to do next, but it was him saying, like, like I really want to do this one. And I really hope they do, because you did read this one. I read that one. You read that one, yes. I forced you to read it. Yep. I think that would make a great animated film. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it's it's like just the right amount. It's just the right length. It's got the right amount of characters. It's an amazing story. It's very visual. I really want to see that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping they do it. Um, I've also heard so far good things about Gotham by Gaslight. That's good. Yeah, because I'm a little bit behind. I forget. It doesn't matter. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm still. I'm, I still need to catch up on the animated films. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a little bit behind. So there was that, and then also I guess uh, Mark Strong confirmed that he's playing Doctor Savannah, the villain in uh, Shazam. Oh, do you know who Mark Strong is? Yes, he was Sinestro. He was Sinestro? Yeah. yeah. He I was, was, I was trying to, I, I made it, well, that face well because done. I was trying to make a joke about them trying, trying to bring back Sinestro, and I, I couldn't oh, yeah. he, come up with it in He time. kind of like poked fun of that himself. He's like, yeah, I got to be Sinestro, and like, although I liked the film, didn't get the reaction everyone wanted, and I, I feel like I wasn't quite done with DC, so I'm back to do Dr. Savannah. And I don't know much about that character. Mm-mm. I feel like... He's popped up in a few things in really small roles that I've read. I think he pops up in the DCAU and JLU. Okay. I think. That seems to ring a bell somehow. Um, but I love Mark Strong. Yeah. Like, he's great. I We talked about it. Kingsman 2 was not great, but he's great in it. Uh, it's because of him that whenever I think of John Denver's Country Roads Take Me Home, I sing it in a Scottish accent. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's a big year for that last year, too. It was. It popped up everywhere. It yeah. Was, yeah. Like, uh, it, it was just around Channing Tatum, though. That's true. Because it, it was in Golden Circle. Mm-hmm. It was in Logan Lucky, mm-hmm. which I did not see. Which I need to go watch. Really? I know. I really want to go watch it. I saw it three times. No, I didn't see it. No, oh, I, really, wow. I really want to. I've, I've heard mixed things, but I've heard that Daniel Craig is great in it. Oh, and yeah. For I that highly alone, recommend For that movie. alone, I want to see that. Um, I know John Denver. I don't know if that song popped up in Alien Covenant, but I know John Denver popped up there. It's a big year for John Denver, 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's dead, right? I, I didn't know his name until you said it just a minute ago. <laughs> said it several times in a row. Yep. Uh, I think he's dead. Doesn't really matter. But yeah, love Mark Strong. Excited for that. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful for that movie. Yeah, I, he's I, a great actor. I still kind of wish we were just go ahead and putting Black Adam in there. <laughs> but I will, I will say this. Maybe it's for the best because as much as I love The Rock, anytime he's on screen... He is incredibly charismatic. I feel like he might be getting too demanding a little bit. I feel like if they were to put him into that movie, too much of it would be about him. Yeah. Like, he's positioned himself to be bigger than maybe some of his characters need to be. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's for the best he's not in there. Well, yeah, that, that brings up a great point with how you think he's going to interact with the Suicide Squad cast. I mean, that's already... Ugh. I know. I know. That, that is a movie already packed with people who have, were too demanding about their screen time. Mostly Will Smith, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, Margot Robbie, as flawed as that version of Harley is, deserved every second of on-screen time she had. She was the saving grace. Yeah. She made that movie, I was going to say work. That's too generous. <laughs> She's good in that. I, you know what? And I actually she really made like, that uh, movie a movie. A movie. I actually like uh, Captain Boomerang a lot in that, too. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a scene stealer. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I like Deadshot as a character. I actually even like, for the most part, Will Smith's version of it. But just we didn't need that much of him in the movie. Right. Like, he's also kind of... He didn't of, need the opening and ending scene. No, he didn't. I feel like he... It would have been more interesting to have him be kind of a B character. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's something 
I think that's kind of one of the challenges he's facing is that he's at the point now where he could be a really good supporting character, but he won't let himself be one. I, can we take a minute to just talk about Will Smith for sure? Just, sure, just, Cameron. Because I need I need to talk to someone let about me just, this. Let me just settle into my chair, get a little comfortable. I got plenty of water. Go right. Is ahead. it? Why won't he do a comedy anymore? Mm. If you look at his, I don't know. <clears throat> Because it's, it's the same thing when people joke about Adam Sandler. And I don't want any way to compare Sandler to Smith. Mm-hmm. But people have been joking recently with how many movies Sandler has made and how many are successes. Are the 90s his flop? Or has he just been on a bad streak since Click? Um, or not flop. Are, are the 90s like... like a, again, a fluke? Yes, that's the word. A fluke, not a flop? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is genuinely very talented. We're talking about Adam Sandler right now. Yes. Okay. I think Adam Sandler is genuinely very talented. I've heard really good things about him in um, the Meyerowitz stories, okay. which is the Neil Baumbach film on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched it. I do want to go sit down and watch it at some point. I've heard he's really good in that. Um, I've heard Punch Truck Love is great, although I haven't okay. seen it. So I think he is someone who does have genuine talent. I think he just... I think he just... He probably just likes making movies. He probably just likes making movies with his friends. Yeah. You know, especially when half of them, like, hey, we're going to go to Hawaii and shoot for, like, <laughs> four months with your best friends. Like, It's a paid vacation. It's a paid vacation. I mean, you know, there's something to be said about trying to, like, have some sort of integrity. But at the same time, if you have found a niche that kind of works for you, and apparently all of his Netflix movies have actually done pretty well, even though they all have looked, for the most part, really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um I guess that's just what he... It's probably just what he likes to do, how he likes to spend his time, and I guess that's him. I'm also being a little bit defensive of him because I've heard he's actually like super, super nice. That's ne- good. Never met him, but that's, uh, I've heard good things. Because I compare that to Smith. Yeah. Where I... Has he been in a good movie since Pursuit of Happiness? Uh, I actually haven't seen The Pursuit of Happiness. But really? I, I've, oh, heard he's good, I've heard he's good in it. Um, was, was, it hurt me. What, what has he... Because that was 2004-ish. Yeah, okay, that's like a... Did you watch It was Bright? Hancock. I did watch Blight, and that's why I'm bringing this point up. Bright. Bright. Yeah. Should have been Blight. Should have been Blight. <laughs> yes, I did watch Bright. Um, how was it? <sighs> I've heard it's bad, but it was just... It did really well for Netflix. It's a movie that... It's, it's such an interesting story that just was not done well. It's, it was so in your face with the racism. Yeah, I've Where, heard... like, it almost... I almost felt like there was just a lower third that popped up at points in time that's like, orcs are acting this way because they're the black people of this universe. Yeah, I've heard it's really obvious. Yeah. And that it's basically not even like allegorical. It's No, it's, it's not. Like there's no subtext. It's just like, here it is. It, it's literally that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. He did... Oh, yeah, this ain't looking good. Going I guess, re- sorry, uh, uh, I Am Legend was after Pursuit of Happiness, right? He's good. In, I liked I Am yeah. Legend. Yeah. So let's see. Go I'm trying to think of the last Go in reverse. We got Bright, mm-hmm. Collateral Beauty, yeah. Suicide Squad, Concussion. Yeah. Nah. Didn't see it, but I heard it was, I think, fine for what it is. Mm-hmm. Focus, which was like the... I did like that. I forgot I've, about I've that heard, movie. Him heard, and Margot Robbie as con Amazing, man. but I've heard it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I've heard they have to work really hard to dance around the fact that they're at the Super Bowl because they can't actually say the word Super Bowl. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's Winter's Tale? I have no idea. Oh, he was... He had a... He was an anchorman too. He was one of the like, oh, the, that's the true. fight in the end. Oh, Winter's Tale was um, it's a Colin Farrell movie directed by Akiva Goldsman. Well, there we go. We're done with that immediately. Um, After Earth, Men in Black mm-hmm. Three. I liked Men in Black. Oh, 3. I guess yeah. I forgot about the Men in Black Three. Yeah, Men in Black Three is actually really good. Mm-hmm. And he's really funny in it. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just maybe he just really wants to get more into the the serious stuff. But I feel like he's he did like, Hitch. I mean, yeah, that was, that was ten years ago. Exactly. Now. But I mean, that was that was good. For yeah, what it was. I feel like since then, with Men in, uh, out with not thinking about Men in Black Three, he hasn't really been in a comedy. No, he has, and I wonder if that's his choice of wanting to be a more serious actor, or if that's when people write things for him, they write it for the Fresh Prince. Um, Maybe like that's if it. Because yeah, I don't know. I if anyone has any connection to Will Smith so and they want to be <laughs> help us can, figure it out. I mean, well, because if you look back at most of his career. It's kind of a mixture of action movie where he plays like a humorous, charismatic lead, um, mm-hmm. a more like action thriller where that doesn't always work quite as well, and then the occasional smattering of serious stuff. Like I've never seen The Legend of Bagger Vance, but I've heard that's good. 
Um, I mean, like Independence Day, Men in Black, those are all Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. That's a dumb fucking film, but I always really enjoy it. Great song, though. It's a, it is a great song. It's just a, it's a two-hour music video. Yeah. See, that's sometimes that's what you got to think about these mm-hmm. things, two-hour music video. Oh, plus, it's got Kevin Klein who can do no wrong. <laughs> it's Mr. Fish Odor. He's amazing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Suicide Squad could have been the thing that we had been hoping for. It could mm-hmm. have been him being fun in a fun action movie yeah but i think that just got bogged down in the heaviness and again if maybe he hadn't been one of the dramatic leads Mm -hmm. like if it had been a story more about harley and joker had been the main villain and he had been kind of going along for that ride i think it maybe could have worked a little bit better yeah um I don't know. Cause I, again, I think he's super talented. I and think he he's a he's an actor that still, even with his like imperfect resume. Yeah, he is. I I feel like if you put his name on it, it is an instant success or um, box office hit. I'll, I'll put it that I way. I mean, not the serious stuff though. I mean, like I don't think Seven Pounds did very well. I don't think Focus did great. No one saw Concussion. Really, nobody saw Cloud. Oh, Beauty. that's true. I think that's the problem. I think if it's a drama, people don't really associate him as a dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at how well Bright did. I mean, if you think about it, actually, that makes a lot of sense. It's Will Smith. I mean, it's, it's a thriller. It's, it's dramatic. It's David Ayer. Mm-hmm. But it's still like a high-concept action sci-fi sort of thing yeah. with him at the front of it. It makes sense that it would do well on Netflix because people will be at home going like, oh, that's what I want to watch. Yeah. Like, when I think about what most audiences will do to like go see a movie. I think like my family who like basically will never go to the theater ever <laughs> and just watch whatever like garbage circles around them on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's what they watch. Hi, Chris's parents. I hope they're listening. They don't listen. Wes okay. listens. <laughs> okay. but he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, and he's way behind. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> He'll catch up to this in like several weeks. For, for next Thanksgiving. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll get something. Well, hang on. We got some movie here. He's coming up in called Spies in Disguise. That sounds okay. He's the voice in it, so it must oh, be... Oh, great. Animated? Oh, it's animated. Okay, I'm down. Um, who's... Oh, Tom Holland's in it. Oh, we like him. God, I do love Tom Holland. <clears throat> what studio is doing this? Um, it's not Blue Sky. It's Blue Sky. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Disney film. <laughs> yeah, well, now at this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, and he's, um, he's doing Aladdin, too, so... That's true. Yeah. Which is also under some fire right now. Oh, yeah, because they're, like, spray-painting white, white extras. Actors. <laughs> Man, they, they, they really did a good job avoiding that kind of controversy during major casting. It's just it's come mm-hmm. back around. Well, yeah. well done, guys. Uh, you know, what? It's whatever. I don't know. Disney. It'll, it'll be an interesting one. <laughs> I mean. As I wear my Aladdin we'll see shirt. It. We'll see it. Oh, yeah. That's not a question. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. I think at this point. Out of curiosity? Morbid curiosity? I mean, I feel like I have to for work. Yeah, that's probably true, actually. Mm-hmm. You probably do. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. I'll probably see it. Um, so now we've wasted 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes talking about the career of Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, uh, should we talk about Warrior Queen? I'm ready to talk our about... Our Superman episode this the, week. The knockoff Wonder Woman. Yeah. So this... Who is not... Let me say this real quick. She is not fit to be a queen in any sense. Even mm. at the end of the episode, I'm like... No. This bitch better hand off her power into you know, some kind of presidential election. This this is what I found surprising about this episode. Because I, I I don't know if I ever actually saw this one originally when it aired. I don't remember this one, at least. So okay. the, the character that we're, we're dealing with here is Maxima, who her whole big thing is that she sees Superman as the one suitor that actually befits her. Because she mm-hmm. is, admittedly, a really powerful, badass warrior. And everyone she goes up to fight to try and prove their metal sucks. Uh, so she decides Superman's going to be her guy. Now, there was some fun stuff in here. I liked, I liked having someone who's just so blatantly sexually aggressive to Superman because he doesn't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. I guess Lana was kind of that way a little bit too. Yeah. Princess Mandy, that's who it is. Princess Mandy? Sorry. There's a character in Fairly Odd Parents that's a oh. parody of Maxima. Named, that name sounded familiar, but yeah, I was like... Named that girl, named Princess Mandy, who's in love with... Oh, my God, Mark, yes. Uh, ...with uh, Mark Chang, the alien that lands on Earth. Yes! Uh, and, I forgot about this. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. She's She is an exact parody, because uh, I've listened to a few interviews with Batartman. He says mm-hmm. he a lot of his 
side characters are taken from Superman, Batman, Star Wars. Oh, that's so... Uh, mm-hmm. Man, he's the best. Isn't he? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, no, I remember Princess Manda. Yeah, Maxima's based on that, too. She's, yeah. she's just kind of a child. Oh, she absolutely... And they bring that up a lot. I think they make her look older than she is because they... Consi- she's... I think she's supposed to be, like, 16. I mean, I guess... The way I, I that would... they talk about her and to her and how she acts, she's very much, like, 16 to 18. See, I would I would put her in her, like, mid to late 20s. Really? Yeah, just, like, an emotionally stunted mid to late 20s. Okay. She's a space princess, man. That's true. They're always... Unless you're Princess Leia, all space princesses are, like, a little... They're, like, space princes. They're all just a little juvenile. That's true. But I did think it was interesting because they, they almost, at times, they kind of veer towards giving her a little bit more depth um, and a little bit more, it's weird to say humanity, but mm-hmm. I feel like every time they, they skirt towards that and they veer away from it. Right. Like, uh, even, so, because her, her how, how, Zazu, Sasu. Zazu is the is the the Her, assistant slash handmaiden. I guess handmaiden. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like she has more responsibility than just a handmaiden. They needed to just like say everyone's name at the very beginning of the episode because taking notes on this was very difficult. Very I don't remember the the. Her her first suitor, the guy's name. I just know it's Miguel Ferrer does the voice. Uh, That's I re- uh, him. Decine. Decine. Oh, Decine and Zazu and uh, and um, Maxima on the planet. Uh, Almarac on the planet Almarac, not Almanac. Yeah, because I, I like that joke. That was a good joke. Yeah, he because that sounds like something they had in like the the table read. Yeah, and I uh, I feel like the, yeah, the voice yeah. actor kept saying Almanac. Yeah, throw it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so Kazazu, she's right. Like she, so, she sides with what's what's his name? Miguel Ferrer. She sides with Miguel Ferrer. Decine. Decine decides with the scene to replace Maxima because Maxima is basically like shirking her responsibilities as a queen. And so Zazu goes along with this, essentially this coup out of the hopes of bringing in a more effective leader. She's right. And the people agree with her. They, yeah. There's a line in there that says, or uh, Maxima comes back, like the people will never stand for this. Like the people are behind us. Yeah. We have successfully taken over. You are not in power anymore. It was completely bloodless. They're just like, it it didn't quite make sense. Uh, Zazu called her a spoiled, self-interested brat only focused on finding a mate. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, so, I always want to call him Darcy. What's his name? Decine. (laughs) So Darcy, he, they show Maxima a clip of Superman to get her to leave. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. But wouldn't they expect her to eventually come back? Well, I think her leaving, because they did say that she had a council meeting, and she's like, fuck that, I'm going to go find this boy. Yeah. I think they were using her leaving as, le- not as not leverage, but... Um, like justification? Yes. Okay. For the people. of Like, your queen has fled the planet when we've needed her mm-hmm. uh, to go find a mate. She is not fit to rule anymore. We have this guy who is here. We know he is powerful. Um, he will lead our people, and, yeah. be a, and he will he will serve the people, and not be served by the people, as Superman put so elegantly. Okay, so their plan was just for her to go and then take over, and then I guess again when she came back, yeah, just like, yeah, like I said, it, it, was a, it was a bloodless coup. Yeah, so it was it was them taking over while she was gone. So when she comes back, the people are already kind of adjusted to the new way of life. Okay. Even though we don't, even though it seems like a day has passed. Yeah, I think at that. So, but, so she, yeah, she comes back, and then of course uh, Darcy just throws them into the pit along with Sazu because mm-hmm. he's an asshole. Right. But I really wanted so because anyone with that facial bone structure has to be a villain. Oh, absolutely. He reminds me of Radigan. Yeah. Yeah, he's very Radigan-esque. Mm-hmm. Radigan the, what's it? Radigan the what? The world's greatest criminal mind. Oh. I thought it was something else. Okay. But you don't call him a rat. Well, no, don't. Don't. You don't call him a rat. Don't call him that. Yeah. No. You see what happens. <laughs> Felicia. Um, so they... <laughs> God damn it. So she comes back. They throw her in the pit. And Superman saves her from Maxima. Maxima tries to kill Sazu. Mm-hmm. I was waiting this end of the episode for Maxima to 
apologize, to acknowledge that Sassy was right, mm-hmm. to make an effort to be a better queen. Because there's a moment when she's like, all right, Sasu, go ahead and throw him down in the dungeons. Go down there yourself and take care of it. And it's like, that's a way of being like, hey, we're cool. But also, you should probably acknowledge the fact that she was absolutely right about your terrible leadership. Yeah, I know. That's what I was waiting for. Because like at the end, Superman deserves to rule this planet. Yeah, he'd be a much more effective leader. Yeah. and I As get, we saw in Red Sun. As we saw in Red Sun, he'd be a more effective leader to a point. Yes. Um, and... I mean, I like the kind of joke it ends on with Lobo crashing in. I loved that. Now, I was not expecting that. Because I, I wrote down who I thought she should hook up with. Who'd you write down? Uh, Batman. Who the, yes. Yeah. Always. Oh, I mean, if, imagine if she had found Batman. Oh, no. I don't. Because <laughs> she would have been even more so excited. Yeah. Understandably uh, so. No, I wrote down, I, I never remember their names. It was the two guys that are always, they come to Earth and fight over Lois. Um, the two guys. That it's in. I want to say All Star Superman. Oh, it's like Apollo. Is it Apollo and Hercules? It's. It's. I feel like they're both Greek names. Yes, I vaguely uh, recall. Even though that. technically Apollo is Roman. Oh well, thank you for um, the correction. <laughs> I've I've only ever read All Star once, and I've seen the movie once. But I think I know which guys you're talking about. Um, oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah. So, because I, I, I made the joke of like, oh, Superman needs to start up his own like galactic dating show. Uh, and yeah. then when Lobo came in, I'm like, nope, I'm wrong. It's always Lobo. It's always Lobo gets Lobo. all of them. I mean, that was, it was a fun, it was a fun joke to end the whole thing on. But then it also felt like it, it prevented Maxima from actually getting a real arc. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like that should be the point of these episodes where the focus isn't really on Superman. Samson and Atlanta. Uh, and Samson Atlas. and Atlas. Well, I was close-ish. Mm-hmm. Mm. Both Greek, still. Okay, see, you're close. Right, Samson? Is Samson Greek? Atlas is Greek. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to keep researching. You're the one who knows. You. you know these things. Where's Vasilius? Vasilius! Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more out of this. I feel like there, she's an interesting character and she's fun. Mm-hmm. She's got a fun on-screen dynamic with um, with Superman, but it, it was a lot of still just generic stuff too. They have to fight that like the Carnarite or whatever that big multi-tentacled monster. Uh, not tentacles; those are tongues. Okay, multi-tongued monster. Yes, I've never really been a big fan of their just general monster design. Like, there's a very no, specific aesthetic, and it's it, it's always just a little bit too weird, and it's never really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um. It's always just kind of boring. Yeah, would, it's it's very generic. Would you would you have done something different in this episode to make it a little bit punchier? Maybe uh, get it outside of the <clears throat> meh into the meh. Um, make her a princess, not a queen. Okay. Uh, and make her a Disney princess. Yes. <laughs> have her just be Jasmine. Yeah. She's basically. She could be Merida. She could be Merida. I don't need yeah. no man. Yeah. That could be one. Uh, she has to prove that could be a, that could be a great point, actually. Yeah, Make they could Mary's give her the plot line. of the Princess Diaries too. Uh, I mean, I was, I mean, sure. <laughs> I was gonna say instead of the the king and queen tell her that she has to find a suitor, she says she will only find a suitor that is more powerful than her. Mm-hmm. So she her quest is to defeat everyone that is uh, is presented to her. Superman is the last man presented to her. Uh, and then there's the coup. And then she sees that he's stronger, but he's also more knowledgeable. And so she takes his wisdom to to become a better to become a better yeah. ruler in the future. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's yeah, more of like the plot of Brave. Mm-hmm. But expanded in just the right kind of way. Right. Yeah. I know, I agree. I think that would have made this much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I think these option episodes that feature uh, a character that interacts with Superman more so than it's about Superman. Mm-hmm. I feel like it should be about how Superman changes them. So right. Even, that's, that's what Steel is yeah, all about. Steel is all about. Yeah, it's like he was inspired by Superman and he's going to go out of his way to be a hero like him mm-hmm. too. And I think those are the interesting stories. And I think that's one of the reasons why Superman's more interesting when he's not in a vacuum is because it's interesting to see how people relate to being inspired by someone like him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they decide to kill him and then almost succeed and realize it was a bad idea, and then all of a sudden now he's like a beacon of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or here's the other storyline. Um, uh, Darcy is the leader of, of the religious group, and 
Maxima is of the is the real royalty. Uh, the church takes over, and Maxima just blows them up. <laughs> you know what? And I think for some visual interest, <laughs> it has to be green. Flame. Green fire, a <laughs> yeah. massive green fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that'd be really good. Uh, and then she has a kid, and the kid kills himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if we can get Jonathan Price in there to be the voice. That's, I mean, I love Miguel Ferrer, but let's swap him out for Jonathan Price. Yeah, get that just that rich voice. It's yeah. that real original story. <laughs> I'm, I'm so down for that. <laughs> uh, my phone's going off. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think this had a potential to be something a little bit more interesting, um, but it's it's fine. Yeah, I don't know if I would put it on my short list. No, of, I don't like think episodes so. you really got to sit down and watch. Um, but yeah, it's fine. But I, I do have to say though, I'm, I'm glad we've structured it this way. Cause now we get to go on to a Batman episode and a really good Batman episode. Mm-hmm. I'd say too. I mean, so this one, it's never fear and it's a pretty simple plot line. It's just that the scarecrow rather than holding the city ransom with fear is going to hold the ransom with the absence. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great idea. It's very clever. And there's so yeah. much to, to dissect with that idea, which is really interesting of like, cause people, the way they, they, plot not having fear is not having like half of your emotions really because they lose yeah. compassion sympathy um uh, uh what was the other one i wrote down um damn it hold on sorry the apps they kind of wrong. common sense yeah but that's um, a good point that they do lose compassion and sympathy yeah uh remorse yes caution that was the other one of like mm-hmm. batman isn't batman anymore no uh, and he's always been the character, like, his, like his, one of his ideas is he lives without fear. Yeah. He instills fear. Um, and it, it kind of didn't make sense that he, when he f- actually lost fear, that he would become this reckless monster. How do you, how, how do you think he should have changed with a lack of no, fear? No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I just, I, I just wanted to ask you like do you think fear is what controls is is the center point of all of these emotions there are there's always the idea that like there's only two real emotions and everything is just a branch of that um it's like what is is it joy and fear are the two brand are the two main emotions everything's a branch Mm. because fear controls sadness anger um i don't know i've ever shown you my emotional venn diagram uh no oh it's just one circle is angry one circle is horny and the middle is blue balls there you go yeah that's the the grand extent of my emotional <laughs> range um but no i mean i, I, I hate know, to know where this podcast is <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you don't want to know um you know i think that does make a lot of sense like i um you know because fear really does drive a lot more like it's very easy to think of fear as being a negative motivator mm-hmm. um and to keep holding you back from things but you're right. I mean, it does, um, you know, it does trigger things like compassion and caution. And mm-hmm. it makes you go like, well, maybe I shouldn't say this because I'd be afraid that I would hurt someone. Right. Um, it, it really shows, which is kind of a, a, a bleak way of looking at this. It shows how many emotions that we think are helpful are more self-serving. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a thing that I, I kind of realized this weekend uh, when trying to help someone or someone's trying to help you, how they phrase their wording is uh, someone said, like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. Instead of um, instead of focusing on, like, uh, I'm sorry you're having to go through that. Yeah. It's, fo- it's, it's focusing on, like, I can't, like, I feel bad that I can't help you because then you will be thankful for me and not you are having to go through that mm. and I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. No, I mean, that it's might, kind of a sidestep, but no, it, no, it, I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. Yeah. That, um, in a lot of ways it's really about even like altruistic things are still kind of about the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's saying sort of stuff, um, which I don't fully agree with. I think this episode took it to a bit of an extreme, which is fine. It's a cartoon. It's understandable. It did. It did yeah. I mean, cause it did basically just make, Batman become very reckless. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so, you know, the first way we really see that is they're out in the, the Batwing and he's just flying like a madman, which it's a good visual way to represent that, probably because it looks really damn good. Yeah. That whole sequence just that looked looks, yeah. really, really gorgeous. Um, there's actually a number of really nice shots in here, too. Like, at one point when Robin ties up Batman to stop him from up the Scarecrow, 
and they're kind of going back and forth. At one point, they cut to a super wide shot, and it's the two of them in silhouette mm-hmm. on the rooftop with the red sky behind them. Yeah. Really beautiful. Yeah. They they really went above and beyond with this episode. Yeah. Um, uh, what do we... You uh, Scarecrow point. is <laughs> fucking <laughs> terrifying in this. I... I hate this look because it scares me. If it I would have watched this as a kid, I would have, I would have been, I would hate Batman if I saw this as a kid. Because this, this scarecrow this. would have given me nightmares for years. I give me so I was, I was a kid and I watched this. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Oh, I no. thought it was. I couldn't so, watch Jumanji as a kid, so Chris. Creepy. If That's, I saw this, that is shocking. How could you not watch Jumanji as a kid? Oh, I was scared that lions were going to come in my in my bedroom. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know the reasonable thing for someone from Dallas to fear. Oh, I've, I've I've told you my most irrational fear, right? I don't think so. Have I not? I feel like I've even talked about this. Should we talk about, about it on air? No, we should actually <laughs> talk about it. So my episode's all about fear. My most irrational fear is that I'm going to uh, approach an empty street. I'm going to look left. I'm going to look right. The roads can be empty. I know I'm good to walk. I'm going to walk four <laughs> to five feet, and a DeLorean's going to come out of nowhere at 88 miles an hour and run me over. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's a great fear to have. There is not a Especially single... with how many DeLoreans are still on the street. Hey, I've seen two. There's one in this neighborhood. Have you seen Have you seen a DeLorean that isn't a fast uh, a Back to the Future DeLorean? I have seen just a normal DeLorean. I have not... Because you saw the Back to the Future DeLorean. I've at, seen it a few times. At Dis- a few times. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it at Disney, Disneyland and Disneyland parking lot. Yeah. Uh, which was very odd. Very I saw bizarre. it at uh, WonderCon this okay. last year. Oh, okay. And I saw yeah. it uh, twice at Comic Con, at okay. San Diego Con. See, that makes sense. I've, I actually haven't come across that one in person, but no, there's actually a guy just like over on like Hollywood Boulevard and Fairfax, like right there, who's got one just sitting in his driveway. The two and a half years that I've lived here, it's never moved. I don't think it runs at this point. It's just basically sitting there and like just like accumulating dirt and rust and stuff. It makes me really sad. Well, honestly, be- because it is a time machine, it could be moving a lot and it just returns at the exact that's moment. That's true. I don't even notice. Yeah. I mean, that's, imp- I mean, <laughs> I was about to say, how does he give 80 miles an hour before we've already established? He returns at the moment. You don't need right roads. Yeah. So it's fine. Where we're going, Chris, <laughs> we don't need roads, especially not in LA because you're not getting on any roads. You know, you're, you're not getting get get miles an hour. Anywhere. Also, I just, I had this thought today. I never realized this before. I'm pretty sure that Hill Valley is meant to be a joke in of itself. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's inherently, like, contrary. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it sounds like the sort of a town that would be made up about, like, it sounds like a made-up L.A. Oh, yeah, like exactly. Like, L.A. area, like, California town. That is neither here nor there. But that is my most irrational fear, and I swear to God, there's not a single time I've crossed the street where that part of my brain hasn't, like, clicked in real fast. It's like, mm, DeLorean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will get a family photo. I'm like, I'm not fading yet. <laughs> not fading yet. I guess I'm okay. <laughs> the street's okay to cross. God damn. Yeah, super irrational fear. But yeah, so for for Batman in this case, he he's no longer afraid of killing. That's mm-hmm. basically what Tim comes to realize. Yeah. And I think I think that makes sense because I think Batman, I don't know if they ever say it in the DCAU. I know it's popped up somewhere. But the thing is, is if he crosses that line, he knows he will never go back. Right. Um, that that's a definitive thing for him. And so that it's the the fear there comes to the fact that if he crosses that line, he will become the, you know, the very monster he tries to fight. But he will have also failed in his mission to his parents. Right. And that's at the end of the day, that's his, like that is the only thing that motivates him. Mm-hmm. We um, saw that a lot in the first season. Yeah. And it'd be a uh, toss. Yeah. Um, I forget who who says it and when. I, f- I feel like it's you know what it was? It, it's, it's Dick Grayson says it in one of the Batman Beyond comics. So it's loosely set in the DCAU continuity. But there's been a like a whole series of comics that came after that, mm-hmm. like Ten Thousand Clowns and Be- Batgirl Beyond. It's actually, it's really good. I've been meaning to go back and finish it out at some point. Yeah. But in that, we finally get to see what happens to Dick Grayson basically in the DCAU continuity. It's not good. Um, and he Aww. really hates Bruce. But how's his butt? Oh, it's still, it's still <laughs> amazing. And someone even comments on it, actually. <laughs> like, I think it's uh, the, the entry is also uh, like Catwoman Beyond, the Beyond version of Catwoman. Oh, that's interesting. And she makes a comment about, it's like, hey, looking, <laughs> looking pretty good for an old guy there. Yeah. Um, that butt never dies. Never. And 
he says to Terry, he's like, the only people Bruce ever cared about were his parents. Like, don't trick yourself into thinking he cares about you. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> really, it's really sad. Also kind of true. It's so true. It is pretty true. Um, yeah, so I think that's the fear is that he'll he'll let down his parents if he he gives in. So, but it, it's it's fun to then watch Robin having to go up against his mentor because also they haven't known each other for that long yet. Mm-hmm. Really, like this version of Robin is still pretty untrained. Yeah, and they they bring that point up very briefly when the secretary when Bruce's secretary is like, "The kid's back." Yeah, or like, "Oh, I got another surprise for you." Yeah, yeah. I like she like still doesn't really like him. Yeah, like isn't used to him. I guess. So that, that kind of shows. Lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he doesn't have um, Dick's polish. Mm-hmm. Because, so yeah, I mean, he was in the circus, but he, you know, his parents were still like super supportive and loving. And like, you know, I think he had a bit more kind of etiquette than, than this version of Tim, who, you know, is street right. kid. I wish they would have, they, they played on it for like a, a very brief moment, but I wish they would have made Tim more reckless in the first half. Mm, like he would have done yeah. something crazy. Like he would have jumped after the guy who jumped off the building, and like Batman had to say both of them, um, or like something in the office because he was already doing a, a one-armed handstand on the chair. Oh, on the chair. But you're right. That would have been interesting to see him think that that's in his mind. Batman doesn't have fear because he says that in the end. Yeah. Like I always kind of saw you as fearless and. Batman's point is that you need a little bit of that to kind of keep you grounded. So yeah, that would have been fun to see him think that what he had to do to be good at his job was to be fearless. And mm-hmm. reality is like it's to be grounded and real. But what did you think of the um, the interrogation scene when Batman throws the guy out the window on the cable and uh, slowly starts cutting the line? Oh, that was that was that was a lot. What do you mean a lot? That was, I mean it was great. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was a lot to like to kind of process like that's not my Batman. But it's so good. It's, so it's good. really, really good. Because I've always even sometimes felt like his interrogation techniques are maybe a little more effective than they should be. Mm-hmm. But that one you really believe. Yeah. That he's actually going to like let this guy die. Oh, he does. He leaves him. That's true. Yeah. He, he would have died if uh, Robin hadn't jumped out there and grabbed him. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, how high was that building? Uh, tall enough. I mean, he was tall falling enough. on his head. That's true, actually. Yeah. I mean, he could have fallen on his back. That's true. I, what I was kind of surprised is the villains weren't fearless. I would have liked to see one villain okay, also hit, be fearless. Okay, yeah. hit with it. And when, like, oh, yeah, like when they're fighting in the train. Mm-hmm. Also, in the subway train, are you allowed to open windows? Because there were a lot of open windows in that subway train. And I feel like that would be very loud. They do seem like... Because that's a lot of noise echoing. Um... I feel like I've been on a subway train that had at least vents. Those open too far, too far, because then you could easily like hop out of there. But I feel yeah. like I've seen like open vents on. I feel like in Paris they had open okay. open cars. I don't remember. <clears throat> I don't know. Why been either. a while. Um, yeah, too big though. Yeah, when is it too big? But yeah, that would have <laughs> been fun to see one of the villains like try to like be fearless going up against Batman because he he only really operates his like main operating thing is fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was what I was expecting when he threw the guy off. Because the guy's like, "I can't tell you." Uh, I was expecting to like, because I'm not scared of you. Yeah. Was the line? Then he and then he was gonna then he was gonna cut the rope and then Dick would, or then then Robin would have to save him. So okay, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think they could have done this episode in the original Beatos run, knowing how limited they were at times, but how violent they could get? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think it would have been... Because, <clears throat> okay, so... I think, yeah, I think they could have done what, it. What I'm getting at there is obviously Batman never threatens to kill anybody. Nor does he oh, ever, yeah, like, attempt true. to kill someone. He attempts to kill someone here, and it's only through Robin that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think that with the slightly more strict regulations they had during the Fox era, they could have gotten away with something like this? Because this feels like a sort of BTOS episode of like taking something we know very well about a villain and turning it on its head and really grounding it in character. Right. It's it's BTOS style writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess at that point, the no, they couldn't have gotten away with something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the Scarecrow wasn't. He was a lot more manipulative in BTOS, mm-hmm. where it was a lot more like in the like. It was more psychedelic when you were fighting him. 
Okay, that's fair. <clears throat> and yeah. this version of Scarecrow is much more kind of upfront mm-hmm. about it. This, um, beyond just the design, I really like this version of the Scarecrow because he is much more sinister. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, to my knowledge, one other appearance in the new Babbitt Adventures, and it's one of my all-time favorite episodes. Okay. Um, and he's very effective mm-hmm. in that. Um, I just, I I think this might be one of the things that helped me fall in love with that character. Mm-hmm. This, and then, of course, Batman Begins. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, that is that that's got to be one of the best executions of a Batman villain ever, right? Oh, absolutely. Up until Joker, I think that was my favorite live-action Batman villain. Yeah. Because I even like the way this... Mm, do I like it more than Jack Nicholson? I think so. I think Jack Nicholson works very well in that movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the same way that Michelle Pfeiffer works very well in Batman Returns. I love her. Mm-hmm. In, I don't just love her in general, but especially in Batman Returns. Um, but I would argue that actually uh, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman is a better execution of that character on screen. Yeah. More, more, um, more true to the comic. Yeah. Yeah. Just more... What about Halle Berry? <laughs> I ne- can't even. Never even. <laughs> through that. Never even <laughs> seen it. Um, but no, I love in Begins how they structure, because there's no real team-ups Mm-mm. in that. That was the first Batman movie that had multiple villains that didn't involve them all teaming up together. They were all just tiers of villains, right? It, you know, because it basically just goes, Falcone he thinks he's in charge, but he's basically just working for Scarecrow, who's basically just working for Roz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the way that they they structure that. So it's not like they had the moment like, hey, we're going to work together, guys. Right. Yeah, it's like, going to be great. You're a good fighter, and I'm a good brain. So yeah. you're going to fight, and I'm yeah. going to work. It's going to be awesome. Or, like in Forever, I'm a funny villain, <laughs> and you're also a funny you're villain. You're also a funny villain, and you don't know how to act against <laughs> me because I'm chewing through every scene I'm in. <laughs> We're gonna be great together. Be great, yeah, yeah. You've got two faces, and I've got red hair. Well, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I've got purple hair. Huh. some of the time. <laughs> Sometimes. I. You've got a gun. <laughs> I've got a. And I've got a plunger thing. A staff. A big old hook. Riddle me this, Two Face. <laughs> How much money are you making for putting up with me? Oh my God, what what was the quote? I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Is Something what, like is that. what Tommy Lee oh Jones told Jim Carrey. Yeah. In the middle of filming. Yeah. To be fair, they were offset when he said that. It I was know. at a restaurant. It was at a restaurant, but still, yeah. that's almost that's almost worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love this story to be a Black Mirror episode. Oh, I could see like that. Like, if, uh, if there was a person that was so, like, they... Uh, like the, the episode starts with them not being able to like leave their house. They're so afraid of everything. Yeah. And they go through this trial process to remove all of their fears. Mm-hmm. And it's, you see them kind of lose, like, like we talked about at the beginning, lose all of those emotions um, that they, that the Batman, the Batman and the other characters lost in this, where yeah. he like isn't sympathetic to anyone anymore. He's not really caring for anyone. Um, he does like all of his actions are only, only benefit himself. Yeah. And just kind of see how the world changes around him. No, that would be really cool. Cause <clears> right, <throat> it is a really interesting concept. And again, credit to the writers. This could have gone in a lot of different directions. They could mm-hmm. have had an episode really focused on a lot of different people, uh, suffering as it were from a lack of fear. I mean, we kind of just hit those beats real fast to establish what's going on. Mm-hmm. We could have spent a lot of time with that. We could have had to be one of the villains that gets exposed to it. Could have to be Robin that gets exposed to yeah. it. I did have the thought of like, what if Robin got hit? But Robin already is is kind of fearless. Well, and he's a kid. He's yeah, a, yeah, exactly. He's, he's not. He, yeah. yeah, he has nothing to really worry about. Yeah, actually, let me. I think I'm pretty sure the next Batman episode, which will be in two weeks, we're doing Apocalypse next week. Um, do 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 do. Yes. So two episodes from now, episode sixty nine. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Joker's Millions, and then also Growing Pains, which is the one you've mentioned before, the really good one with Robin and the little girl. Oh yes. And oh, so that's I'm not ready for that. I know, right? That, that's kind of an interesting um, like follow up to this in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. That you know he's trying to learn that it's okay to 
have a bit of fear. Um, and then he's put in a situation where he's like really emotionally affected by something and he really has something he could lose. And that, right. of course, inspires fear too. Really looking forward to that episode. That's a great episode. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, sorry, uh, to, to jump back to this for a half second. The, the thing we're episode. here to talk about? Yeah. Got it. Um, Will Smith. The, Will Smith <laughs> would have been great in this episode. <laughs> if they just threw in fresh prints right at the end. Yeah, someone needs to give him an anti-fear toxin so he won't be afraid to make some good old comedies again. Yes. Um, no, uh, while this is, while we've been talking about all the very serious points of this episode, mm-hmm. I just want to give a brief moment to talk about uh, Kevin Conroy's amazing New York thug. Oh my God, his really terrible with disguise. With his Gomez, like, yeah, his really Gomez, Gomez Adams, Adams mustache. mustache and some sunglasses. What? I was just trying to check out your stuff. Yeah, I was just looking for some money, man. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, it was so cash. good. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would want a, I want a whole episode of Batman trying to be a New York thug. What would? Because uh, it matches Malloy, right? That's like mm-hmm. that's like the the classic thug disguise. What would that yeah. guy's name be? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Just <laughs> Gomez. Yeah, it's just... the only thing that I is, that I see in that. Gomez cannoli or something. Gomez something, cannoli. Something really obvious. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, random... Gomez marinara. Random tangent. Have you ever uh, seen the Adams Family's live action movies from the '90s? Oh, of course. I actually only watched them for the first time like a few months ago. Really? Well, I heard about them on the Script Notes podcast. They did like a, a breakdown episode talking about why those movies are so good. <clears throat> They're so good. They're really, really good. And I guess there's a new uh, animated Adams Family they're working on, and Oscar Isaac is going to play Gomez. Uh, are you down? I. You know what? I'm okay with that. I would have loved to see him do live action. Yeah, because I just want him with that mustache. That must. Well, you've seen Sucker Punch, right? <gasps> he's in that. He's in that. Holy shit! Uh, everyone's everyone is in uh, that movie. Yeah. But yeah, he's in that. And he's got that kind of Gomez, a little bit of that Gomez mustache. Mm-hmm. The man is so damn charming. Yeah. God damn it, he would be. A, he's gonna be a great Gomez. Yeah. I don't know any of the rest of the casting on that. Maybe it hasn't even been announced yet, but I'm excited for just that thing alone. I I really love the Adams Family because they did a bunch of crossovers with Scooby-Doo in the 70s. The original TV show is... I didn't appreciate it until college, mm-hmm. uh, but I watched almost all of it. From the like, what, 50s? Uh, early 60s. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that, that and Munsters were jumping on the popularity of... Um, uh, like fantasy comics being so popular oh okay because the monsters is just a ripoff of the adams family right wasn't it the adams family was on air first and they just came along like we're just gonna do the monsters i don't well. i don't i wouldn't say it's a, a ripoff because it's it's still a different story well but the adams family are still human yeah but i mean by that i mean that's a sort of like hollywood creative decision which <clears> is like this is popular make our version of this yeah but there's a whole yes you can say it's just a ripoff but there was a whole movement of these kind of fantastical Series because you had Adam's family come out. You had uh, 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 Genie. Uh, oh, I dream of Genie. I dream of Genie. Thank you. You had that. You had the horse that could talk. Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed. That was the first one. Bewitched. I think. Bewitched came out around that time. Monsters came out, obviously. But all of these shows came out within a like a five year span. Wait, was I humming the I dream of Genie theme or the Bewitched theme? Uh, that was I dream of Genie. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Um, close. But but yeah, there was there was a whole fantasy movement that happened because you had special effects uh, become more commonplace in television Mm -hmm. uh like i said the comics were a big part of that um because do you know the story about the comics code and how yeah fantasy comics almost ruined uh superheroes uh wait fantasy comics almost ruined superhero comics uh those stories i thought um what's was it is it bartholomew walper was he the guy who wrote the book yes yeah, and I mm-hmm. thought that specifically went after superheroes. And so then there was a, a phase where it was a lot of non-superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that wrong? I think that's right. Sounds right. Uh, we'll tell you more about it next week because <laughs> I, I want to research that again. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very interesting story. Okay. Um, Mini-sode. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> sure. Uh, no, that's too much work for you. Yeah. I'd hate to where, did we, where did we come from with this? The Munsters? Adam's Family. Adam's Family. Adam's Family. Gomez with mustache. Go, but, um, <laughs> oh right! <laughs> wow, that was that was hey, a journey. We, we found it back. We worked, we followed the breadcrumbs. We worked our way back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that was amazing. 
Uh, okay. Any, uh, any other thoughts on this? I think that's everything. It, this is a great episode. Uh, it, it is a great episode. A lot of things to to talk about with people. Yeah. Like how 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 connected do you guys think fear is to to general emotion? Ooh, some of things to talk about. Yeah, this would definitely make my short list in terms of um like new Batman adventure episodes to to go recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth uh, worth giving a gander. Hey, Brandon. Yo. We're podcasting. Say hi. Howdy ho. <laughs> so uh, I did look up Maxima real quick because I don't okay. know much about her. Her in the comics is basically the same as the one in the episode, um, although she actually becomes a hero at a lot of points. Okay. So That's she, good. like her original, she started out basically like this where she was like trying to hunt down Superman to be her suitor. And then she actually became a hero she briefly joined the justice league like an offshoot of it and then like superman just kept on turning her down so then she joined the superman revenge squad amazing i've never read Did the she comic. ever team up with star sapphire because i feel like she'd be Ooh. a great pink lantern you know what maybe i don't know because I, I she may have kind of gone out of favor a little bit before star sapphire okay was really big but like i know there's a, a picture i've seen from like one of the like the the dc and like encyclopedia books of like a whole bunch of people stabbing daggers into superman's crest and one of them is maxima okay um but then she kind of came back and worked with him during the Apiriex war which is i have i have those comics i think i've read some of them but not all of them but ultimately she did sacrifice herself actually to save the universe that's good as a hero and then this i found super interesting they introduced her in the new 52 and she's in some sort of like battle training school with Supergirl, and it's called the Crucible Academy. And over the course of the the issue, we actually realize that she's attracted to Kara, the Supergirl, mm-hmm. and we learn that she's a lesbian, she's homosexual, and she left her planet because like that's forbidden. Oh, that's interesting. I thought that was a much more interesting way. I like of that. handling her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a much more nuanced contemporary version that I think was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's kind of where like at least her Wikipedia entry ended, so I'm not sure what's happened with her since then. But That's awesome. That'd be cool to see that version of her pop up at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I've had my little bit of Maxima talk oh, there. Oh, sorry, you were right. It is Sazu, not Zazu. It's S-A-Z-U. Yeah, Sazu. Yeah. I kept hearing the... Zazu? Th- yeah. Isn't the, that the, the Lion bird King? from... Uh, yes. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah, cause Zazu. Who, yeah, because who's the bird from Aladdin? That's... Iago. Iago, thank you. Yeah. Got you covered. Thank you. Don't, uh, don't tell my coworkers. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> Post it all over your Instagram. Uh, what do you got to plug? Um, I, I just, I, I've been very busy this week, so I only have one thing to talk about. Uh, I watched, uh, unintentionally watched the entirety of End of the Fucking World. Was it good? It's great. I really like I that kid. I really like it. Okay. I wanted to just keep going. It's, it's one of those series where it's only eight episodes, and I just wanted to keep going. I need to look up that actor's name. Um, oh, he's in he's in one of the Black Mirror episodes that really messed me up. He's yeah he's in a um, he's in a Black Mirror episode season he, three episode three. He plays uh, the young version of the Imitation Game. Oh my god, Alan Turing. Oh, does he really? He's young Turing in the Imitation Game. Oh wow. Um, Alex Lothar is the guy's name. He, okay. He also he's the lead, and I, I know I've mentioned this before. Freak Show. Okay. Which was one of my favorite movies last year. I, th- I think it actually comes out in theaters this year. Oh, I think it's right. You were really talking soon. about that. Yeah. yeah, but I saw it at the closing night of Outfest, and it was one of my favorite movies last year. It's really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommend seeing if you get a chance. Freak show. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, but how was... So you really liked End of the Fucking World? Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's like... Cause how many episodes? It's only eight episodes, eight 20 episodes. minutes each. Yeah, so Thank it's basically God. just a long movie. Yes. Okay, good. Um, That's one of those, when I saw the trailer, I really was interested in it, and then I heard it was a series, and I was like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No, it, it feels just like a long movie. Okay. Because it, it, it's it's just about three hours. Okay, cool. Oh, nice. All right. Mm-hmm. I got to go watch that then. I'm super excited for that yeah, one. Yeah, because he's great. The girl is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. She's just enough of that, like, I hate the character so much uh-huh. writing but I want to know what happens to her. Okay, it's it's that kind of character. Which yeah, you, I feel like we don't get very much anymore. They're just like you, you kind of hate them, but you can't turn away. Yeah, I love characters like that. Mm-hmm. Those are really, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all I really have to plug this week. Oh, what, okay. what are what are you talking about? Um, what have you been watching, listening, reading? To? I saw the post. Oh, you did when I was home. How was that? Amazing. Good. I want to see it. So good. I mean, look, it's 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 Spielberg. Right. It's, it's Spielberg, Meryl Streep, it's and Tom Hanks. Hanks. Also. <laughs> Tons of other people that are amazing. Bob Odenkirk's in it. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. Um, 
and David Cross too, and I forget the name of their show, Mr. Show. Yeah, Mr. Show. Yeah, there's like a little bre- there's a kind of reunion the two of them. Oh, are that's in there, so good. In there together, because um, they had a reunion on Netflix, and I feel like the show did oh, horrible. Yeah, I don't think it did great. Because I don't even know if it's still on Netflix. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, and a uh, oh, Bruce Greenwood, who's one of my all-time favorite actors, he's in there as Robert McNamara. Okay. Um, it's so it's so damn good. I mean, again, it's Spielberg. So him on autopilot, which don't get me wrong, this is not him on autopilot at all. But him on autopilot is better than most people at like their, their full capacity. Yeah. And I mean, it it still feels very Spielbergian. Um, it's one of his movies where you kind of feel like maybe someone else could have done it. They just wouldn't have done as good of a job. But it, for him, there's not as much like real dramatic flair or like visual innovation. It's really just about telling the really amazing version of that story. Okay. One of the things I really loved about it is it, he spends, he does a lot of like cutaways to the actual mechanical process of printing newspapers from the seventies. So I had no idea how it worked. Oh, that's interesting. But basically they, you, you'll see it in the movie, but there's a guy sitting in a typewriter and as he's typing, it's basically pulling down letters in metals like slots and then space bars in between them. And so it creates this, this like metal, like a little metal print mm-hmm. that then they put ink over and that's how they stamp it and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. Cause I had to do that for a class, not the typing okay. aspect, but I had to hand lay type. Okay. Yeah. The, the miserable fucking did the hand laying thing. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's super interesting. Yeah. I, I, I guess that makes sense. I have you done. I didn't know that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really good. It's, it's absolutely worth saying. I, it made me want to go and I probably should go get like a subscription to the Washington post. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I saw that and I really loved it. Uh, the other book that I, I'm almost done with, I'm basically done with, is called Chasing Daylight. Okay, that sounds familiar. So it's written, you've talked to me about it before. I may have mentioned it to you. So it's written by Eugene O'Kelly, and he was the CEO of KPMG um, in the early 2000s. So that's one of the, the big four accounting firms, for those of you who don't know. Okay, and I did not know. He was, Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> he was uh, diagnosed with terminal inoperable brain cancer and had three months to live, and him being this incredible guy, he decided in that three months that he was also going to write a book. Hmm. But it came about him making the most of his time left. So, I mean, it's it's ostensibly about accepting death, but it's actually much more about how do you find a way to really take advantage of your time and embrace it and, like, try and find perfect moments and perfect days. And um, it's really, really good. Like, it's just a good way of thinking about things. And, like, for me right now, going through a bit of, like, a family crisis, so it's been helpful. So if you've experience death or you're going through something like that it's really good but even beyond that i think it's just a good read mm-hmm. for anyone who just kind of wants a slightly different perspective on on the world so yeah, yeah it's really good cool. yeah chasing daylight by eugene o'kelly it's worth it so good to know it's nice to have like a real like a real plug <laughs> for once <laughs> in that 67 episodes we've done a real thing yeah yeah this is what i would actually recommend it's actually <laughs> it's like a re- <laughs> yeah it's a real thing mm-hmm. uh yeah but I think that basically does it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's our sponsor this week? It's uh, the Bro C. Okay. Yeah. So us, but about the OC and right. probably better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever watch the OC? I I watched five minutes of the first episode, and I immediately turned it off. Okay. I watched one episode on mute because they premiered the first Revenge of the Sith trailer in oh, the middle. Oh, amazing. <laughs> in the, during the commercial. Oh, that's so good. It's kind of like all the people who went to go see, uh, I want to say the movie was called The Hearts in Atlantis back in 90, I guess it would have been 98, maybe early 99, because that was the, oh, for, that's uh, what the episode one trailer yeah. was included. So you got people who would like go and pay money to go mm-hmm. see the trailer, then turn around and walked away. We actually went and saw the whole, set the whole movie. It was pretty good from what I remember. Okay. Anthony Hopkins, not an actual plug, but it's worth commenting <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, so the, the bro see, go check them out. But I think that does it for us this week. Uh, we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Yes. If you want to reach out to us and talk about your thoughts on fear. Yeah. Tell us your deepest fears. Your deepest, what, what is your most irrational fear <laughs> and can it best mine? That's a pretty good one. It's, it's pretty, it's super irrational. I have to think about my, my most irrational fear. I, I want to know. You're going to have to come back with us next week. Like that, mm-hmm. that fear that has like no, no grounding in reality whatsoever. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't think. I, I know I have one. I, I thought about it a lot, but it's just not coming to me right now. All right. Well, you'll, you'll loop back around on it next week and you'll tell us what it was. Yeah. Uh, I am at Lordifer on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm at CamDexter underscore adventures on Instagram and fuck Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's fine. You can find me at fuck on Twitter. <laughs> fuck. What is that? Can it's, you? 
Can you have that? As a I don't think so. Probably not. Maybe in like a, a like a international account. I'm looking this up. Um, at fuck on Twitter. Let's see. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Uh, yes. Yeah, someone has it. The name is Buck, and their handle is at fuck. Amazing. Linking you to the world of fuck, wherever it may lay. Got a good fuck link for us. Send it to us via direct. Oh, okay, I think it's just porn. Great. Good. I was, hoping, I was hoping it was someone who had a whole Twitter account just about how great the word fuck is. Oh, yeah. It's, All of its uses. Yeah. It's, it's a, it can be everything but an adverb. Mm-hmm. Even then, oh. you can kind of make it work. Yeah. Anywho, I think uh, that does it for us this week. I think, I th- yeah, I think, we, I think we, we've, been, <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing so good up to this point. <laughs> we should just end it now. Uh, spare everyone else. Thanks, yes. guys. Bye. Hey! Do you like teen dramas? Do you like teens? Do you like watching TV shows? If you do, you might like watching The O.C. So give it a try, and you can listen to us in podcast form on The Bros. We talk about flip phones. We talk about tube tops. We talk about things from the early 2000s. We talk about people smooching other people. Ooh, and great, great music. Yep. <laughs> so, hey, listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud here on the Nerdist School Network. Woo. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.